Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, good morning. Hey, if you've uh, never been water baptized, now's your opportunity. Sign up. Um, and I get this question a lot, and we talk about this all the time. I got baptized when I was little, or I got baptized in a season of my life. It really didn't mean much to me. Um, I've kind of made a new path with the Lord, and I've, you know, been serving the Lord in a different way now, and I want to get re-baptized. Is that okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, please sign up. It's going to be a great day. It's always just such a fun, exciting day. Um, if you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got an e-Bible, pull out your e-Bible. If you don't, we'll have it on the screen for you. If you're taking notes, uh, you can entitle it, Be Strong. Be Strong. We're in a series right now called The Essentials, talking about the essentials of our faith. Amen. We want to live a victorious life in Jesus. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10. He says, a final word. Be strong. Look at your neighbor say, be strong. Say, be strong, be strong. But he doesn't say be strong in our strength. We live in a world that is all about our strength, our grind, our ability to get to the top. He says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. You know, we don't talk about the devil a lot because there's nothing to really talk about with him. We talk about Jesus a lot. Amen. But you have to understand that you're in a battle for your soul. And the enemy has a strategy. Verse 12. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you can resist, who? The devil, the enemy. You can resist the enemy in the time of evil. How many know that we live in an evil time right now? Man, we live in an anti-Jesus time right now. We live in an evil time in the earth. Man, it is hard, hard, hard to watch the news. It's just evil running rampant. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so you'll be fully prepared. In addition to these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as a helmet and take the sword. What's the sword? It's your Bible. It's a sword. I, I, when I lived at, worked at Living Word, we had this box that said missing swords. It was people's Bibles. They left that church. And I thought it was so funny. Which is the word of God. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word and your truth. Holy Spirit, you wrote this. Now you reveal it. You reveal it. You reveal Jesus. You reveal his heart. You reveal his 
truth bring us the essentials that we need to have a victorious life in this life with you we ask this now in Jesus name we thank you for it in Jesus name amen 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 give it up for the worship team today get real loud for them All right, if, 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 this is a big if. If you're gonna find victory in this life, okay, and, and we want you to, and God wants you to, because here's the deal, I know you're gonna find victory when you go to heaven someday. There's no tears, there's no sorrows, streets are made of gold, come on now. You're gonna be healthy, you're gonna be whole, you're gonna have a, you know, a new body, my, my heavenly body, I'm gonna have, I say this all the time, I have a 12 pack, okay? It just shredded in heaven, okay? You're gonna have victory on the other side of eternity, okay? But Jesus came so that you could have victory on this side of eternity, so that you could have victory in what? Your everyday life, that you could live a victorious life in Jesus Christ, but you have to have the right essentials for that. And so um, I thought it'd be fun uh, just to start today. I'm gonna talk about just essentials, like some essential things that I like in my life. Everybody has essential things that you're like, I cannot live without these items, right? Okay, so for me, like I always just need a good hat, okay? Listen, I'm back on a hat kick. Somebody asked me, they're like, are you gonna stop wearing hats to church? And I was like, I don't know. Am I offending you? If I'm offending you, go to a different church. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> All right? Um, but I love, I love a good hat. It's a, just an essential in my world. Um, how many of you know just a good hoodie is just an essential, especially for fall coming up, just a clean Crisp, nice hoodie is just something you absolutely need. And then for me, like, I just need this, this a good pair of white shoes, okay? White shoes go with everything. You can accessorize it with a lot of different things, okay? Um, I'll help you. I'll come to your house. We'll go through your wardrobe, okay? These are some essentials for me. Now, I'm gonna say something that's gonna sound really cheesy, but I think the ultimate essential in my life, the ultimate essential that I hope for you is what? Faith in Jesus. And I know it sounds cheesy, but that is the ultimate essential, that you have complete faith in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the deal. If you put your faith in Jesus, believe in Jesus, believe that he is the only way to everlasting life, I know that I know that you are saved and you're gonna go to heaven. Amen? Amen? Now, I get this question all the time. How do you know that? It's a good question, right? Like, how do you know this? Like, you've never seen heaven. I mean, I've never been there before, have you? I, I mean, if you have, that's awesome. Tell me about it, you know? I mean... My old pastors, Pastor Pat and Jackie, they, they got into a terrible accident and, and Jackie died for 45 minutes. And she can vividly tell you stories about Jesus. Like vivid stories about heaven. Now, I don't wanna get in an accident and die for 45 minutes and to experience that, okay? But we've never been there, right? So how do you know? 
Well, I know because my faith is in this thing called the Word of God, okay? So John, 1 John 5, 11 says, and this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life in his sons. Whoever has the son has life, okay? But whoever doesn't have the son doesn't have life. Colossians 1, 13, and I'm, listen, I'm gonna go through a lot of scripture today, okay? Don't get overwhelmed by all the scripture today, but a lot of scripture today. Colossians 1, verse 13 says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son who has purchased our forgiveness and freed us of our sins. This is how I know. So when we ask this question, how do you know you're saved? How do you know if you die today, you're going to go to heaven? Well, I know because I have this thing called truth. I have these things called facts. Now, I understand that everybody in the world doesn't look at the Bible as facts, but I do. And I hope you do too. I hope that you look at the Word of God from cover to cover, beginning to end, and go, this is all completely true, inspired by God himself. God wrote it. It is his words. It's his truth. It's his revelation. It's his understanding. It's his plan for you and I. It is complete truth. So for me, I look at it and go, this is facts. This is truth. And I can build my life on what? An essential called truth. It's an essential. If you want to have victory in this life with Jesus, you're going to have to have what? You're going to have to have truth. So point number one today is truth. Truth. Ephesians 6, 13 through 14 says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you can resist the enemy in the time of evil. Okay? Verse 14, stand your ground and says what? Put on the belt of truth, the belt of truth. Now, how many of you, when you hear the word belt, you just get PTSD and you think about getting beat when you were a kid, okay? That, that's what I think about. It was, it was called Mr. Belt, and I did not want to meet Mr. Belt, okay? But for some reason, I met him a lot after church on Sundays for some reason, okay? Because I was one of those wild, crazy kids at church, okay? All right, let me, let me say this to you. You are designed to overcome your feelings. You're designed to overcome your feelings. How do I know this? Because Ephesians 6, 13, and 14 just told us this. It's telling us what? That feelings are not truth. Okay? But why? why? Why is it saying feelings aren't truth? Because it says this, resist the enemy. Okay? So how do we know that, that we got to resist the enemy? We're resisting our feelings. Because the enemy always lies in what? Our feelings. Okay? And I'll show it to you. John chapter 8, verse 44. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things as he does. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he has always, always hated what? What does it say? He has always hated what? Truth. He hates truth, okay? He despises truth. His number one goal is to twist God's truth and understanding. Because why? He says this, because there is no truth in him. There is zero 
truth in the enemy. And it says when, and I love that. I love that the Bible says when. It doesn't say if. The Bible doesn't say if he lies. But it says when he lies, it is consistent with his character for he has been a liar and he is the father of lies. How many of you know your feelings lie to you all the time? All the time. So here's it. We're going to take a little pop quiz today, okay? Everybody's like, no, in Jesus' name. No quizzes, no tests, okay? I'm going to ask four questions today. I want you to write these four questions down, okay? Question number one. Does the facts or Bible, do the facts of the Bible ever change? Okay? Do the facts of the Bible ever change? Now, listen, here's the deal. We can all have our opinion about that. And, and here's the deal. For a lot of us, we would say a resounding no. But the question is, can you prove it? How do you know? Well, again, I got to go back to truth. I, I got to find truth. I, I got to be able to back up, why do I believe this? There has to be a reason why I believe this. So I have to go back to truth. So the truth for me is this. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. So that's my, that's my truth. That's my facts. Okay, James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Whatever is good and perfect, is a gift coming down to us from God the Father. So this is, this is my verse. Whenever people go, man, God gave that person cancer, I go, no, he didn't, because it is not good and perfect. And God the Father gives good and perfect things, and it comes down from the Father to us. And sickness is not good. Sickness and disease is not from him. It is from the enemy. And it, God did not let that happen in Jesus' name who created all the lights in the heavens and has never changed or casting shifting shadows. So here's the truth. The truth is this. God's word never changes because I have truth, I have facts that tell me biblically that God never changes. He's never changing. And that's really important to understand, especially in this day and this time, with culture that is constantly shifting and changing and maneuvering. We have to know that God's word, God's truth, his character doesn't conform to what culture wants. Amen? Question two, do your feelings change? <laughs> We got a big old amen out of that one, right? One minute, I'm in love, right? I mean, one minute, man, you are in love with your spouse. You are like, man, she is the greatest thing God has ever created, okay, right? One minute, you're like, God is so good. I got a promotion. I got a bonus at work. Come on, God is good. I know he's good, right? One minute, you're looking at the earth, you're at the beach, you're at the mountains, you're in Europe, and you're like, God, the earth is so beautiful, right? One minute, you're like, man, my kids make me so happy. They just bring so much joy to my soul. But how many know that's one minute? There's another minute, okay? 
And the next minute, you're like, I want to kill that person. God, why did you create this person? Why am I stuck with them for the rest of my life, God? Right? The next minute, you're like, God, how did that happen? Where did that come from? The next minute, you're like, the earth is horrible. It's a terrible, terrible place. I mean, some of you are considering setting up online auctions to sell your children later today, okay, right? <laughs> Why? Our feelings constantly change. Feelings are constantly changing. Now, question three. What determines our feelings? Well, I can let you know that about 7 o'clock tonight, because at 7 o'clock tonight, we'll know if the Bears and the Bengals won. And for a lot of us, that will determine a lot of our feelings, right? Okay? What determines our feelings? There's a lot of things. Maybe, maybe you stayed up too late. I mean, sometimes I think God gets blamed for bad days and you just stayed up till like one or two and you're just in a cranky mood, right? You just, you just stayed up too late. Or, or maybe, maybe what determined your feeling was a comfort food. You're like, you know, like, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. Like last night, I, I had some pizza at nine o'clock. It was some comfort food. But sometimes pizza at nine o'clock doesn't like me back, okay, right? Amen. It determines some of my feelings, okay? When I woke up this morning, I wasn't feeling real great, okay? What else determines our feelings? Pressure, right? Maybe it's financial pressure. Maybe it's pressure at your job. Maybe it's pressure with your schedule, pressure. Maybe it's somebody else's bad attitude. You know, you just run into a buzzsaw of somebody's bad day. You know, maybe life throws you just a curveball. You woke up one day and you thought it was a great day and then that curveball came and you're like, what's going on? So it determines our feelings. Situations. Just situations. So question four is this. What happens when our faith, okay, our faith in Jesus Christ, what happens when our faith is in our feelings? Whoo! You're like, didn't come for that today, Pastor Dev. <laughs> what happens when our faith isn't built in truth? Remember I said put on the belt of truth? What happens when our faith isn't in truth, but our faith is built in our feelings. I'll show you two verses that talk to us about this. James chapter one, verse six, it says, but when you ask, and I love that, and we're gonna talk about prayer in a couple weeks from now, because I think a lot of us, we don't know how to pray, we don't know how to talk to God, and that's okay. I didn't know how to talk to God at one point in time either. But it says when you ask, because you gotta ask, you gotta talk to God. You gotta ask him for things. You gotta ask him for the things you need. It says, when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Not in what? Not in your feelings, right? And here's the deal. We have faith for all kinds of things. Like this morning, 
when I turned on the shower, I can assure you that I didn't go turn it on and go right in. Why? Because that water's cold. <laughs> right? I mean, now some of you are fancy, some of you all bougie, you got that hot water instant thing going on, okay? And good for you, okay? Good for you. But I turn on my hot water and I will stand there sometimes for minutes, right? With what? Full confidence and full faith that that water is going to get hot. Amen? Like we have full faith in that. We don't even think about it. We don't question it. We just turn on the hot water and we're like, it's gonna turn hot and I'm gonna have a great shower, right? Full faith. I'm gonna tell you what happens when our faith isn't in God. It says don't waver like a person with divided loyalties. Is unsettled as the waves of the sea and blown and tossed by the wind. Verse seven, such people should not expect to receive anything from God. Isn't that interesting? The word says, when your faith is built in your feelings, don't expect to receive anything from God. <laughs> and we're, we're like, God, where are you? God, why haven't you shown up? Where's your blessing? Where's your grace? God, what's going on? The problem is this. You have faith on Sunday, but you don't have faith on Thursday. Your feelings change. See, when you're in this room, man, the feelings are great. The band is amazing. The worship's on point. The presence of God has filled this place. I've prayed all week for God to show up, and he has shown up, and you're like, God is good, and I know he's with me. But is God good, and is he with you at work on Thursday? Because your feelings have changed, right? You're like, I'm just not feeling it right now. Well, when you're not feeling it, you have to then have something called what? The Word of God. Facts. Truth. To go, even when I don't feel this, God's Word doesn't change. His facts don't change. He doesn't change. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Then you will no longer be, okay, Immature children. Oh, man, God is just beating us up today. <laughs> I didn't say it. Don't blame me for it. Right? He said, don't be immature children. What's he saying? Don't be immature in your faith. Don't live in your feelings. Don't get into your feelings. Don't get into your emotions. Don't be immature. Children are immature. Don't be immature. And you won't be tossed around and blown about by every wind of what? New teaching? <laughs> you won't be, I love this line, you won't be influenced. You won't be influenced by these influencers. You don't think the enemy has an agenda behind influencers to influence your life? New teachings? When people try to trick us, I love this, with lies so clever, it sounds like truth. The other day I saw this, this little clip 
MSNBC, Joe Scarborough. Okay, he's an anchor on MSNBC. He said this, he said, I'm a backsliding Southern Baptist. But then he says this, but I know the Bible. And I thought, oh, so now you're a preacher. You're a Bible scholar, right? You're a Bible scholar to tell us all how to live our life now, right? Lies so clever, they sound like truth. So what was the lie that he said? What, what, what did he say next? He said this, I have never once seen Jesus talk about abortion or homosexuality. This was, this was his quote. He said, I've never, he said, you can't find Jesus using the word abortion or homosexuality, right? It's a, it's, it sounds real clever, right? Like people, I mean, and I'm, I hate to say it, but even, even godly people, godly people are like, yeah, you know why? Because they don't know the word of God. And they go, well, maybe, maybe Jesus didn't talk about this. Maybe this is truth, Right? Lies so clever. And listen, I want you to understand, we are not fighting Joe Scarborough, okay? Listen, listen, please understand this to me. I'm, I'm being serious about this, okay? What did verse 12 say? We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against that. But evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world and mighty powers of dark world. So the reality is this, we're not supposed to curse Joe Scarborough, we're supposed to pray for Joe Scarborough and lift him up and pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal Jesus again to him. Amen? Let's not be a church that throws stones. Okay, but these are truths that they sound, they sound like truth. Lies so clever, they sound like truth. So what do we need then? We need real truth. We gotta be able to say, well, what is the truth? Well, I'll show you what the truth is. Matthew chapter 19, Jesus did talk about homosexuality because he talked about marriage. Verse four, haven't you read the scriptures? They recorded from the beginning of God, beginning of time that God made male and female. So God is what? The designer and the author, and he designs who and what they are. Amen. Okay, verse five, and he says, this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united as one. Jesus dealt with it. He repeated what God the Father said from the beginning of time. Jesus said, this, this is what is holy. This is what a union should be. Jesus dealt with it. We gotta know truth. Or how about abortion? Genesis chapter one, verse 26. And I'm about to trip everybody out. And then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Okay, let's make human beings in our image. And they will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, livestock, wild animals of the earth, the small animals, the scurry around the ground. Verse 27, so God created human beings in his own image, the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So what is God saying? He is saying, number one, I am the author of life. We are not the author of life. He is the one who gives life and takes life, not us. So when we take life, 
right? And, and let me make this abundantly clear. I want to say this every time we talk about abortion. If you had an abortion, you are under no judgment or condemnation from us or Jesus Christ. That was in your past. We understand people make mistakes all the time. There is freedom and there is grace in this life. And we do, we're not here to beat up anybody, okay? Anybody, all right? But here's the deal. God is the author of life. And so people go, well, Jesus didn't talk about that. Yes, he did. You know why? Because we serve a triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they were all together when they said that in Genesis. It was Jesus saying it just as much as God the Father and the Holy Spirit. They all said it together when they said it in Genesis. Amen? So don't tell me, Jesus. Listen, it this lie sounds, it sounds correct. Jesus didn't talk about this. Sure did, did in Genesis. It's got to know truth. You got to understand truth. You got to build a life on truth. Point number two, be strong. My guy's helping me with my illustration. Come on up. Okay. Be strong. Point number two, be strong. Verse 10, a final word. He says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. So if we take the Hebrew translation for be strong, we get to make firm. So Jesus is saying this. Make firm. He's saying, I want you to be made firm in me and in my truth and in my understanding. Okay? So let me show you a little illustration. We got we to pick up the pace, boys. Okay? <laughs> we got we 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 things to do this morning. Okay? So here's the deal. We got water. Okay? And the water, yeah, take it down just a little far. A little far. Sorry, guys. Sorry. The water, yeah, don't, don't. Oh, 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 the water's moving. All right, the water's going to represent us, okay? Let me see that, okay? Now, I have a bag of flour, okay? And the flour, okay, is going to represent the world and the world's opinions, okay? So we're going to dump that flour into this water, okay? Now, the world has a lot of opinions, right? It has opinions about sexuality, life, freedom, equality, money, happiness. The world has a lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts, okay? Now, how do you know that when we mix this up and we get it all together and, and we bake it, we're eventually going to get what? We're going to get we're going to get bread, right? Look at that, good old sunbeam giant bread. Okay, I mean, I mean, this is if you use anything else to make peanut butter and jelly, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. This is what peanut butter and jelly is made of. Okay, this. Okay, all right. So so it may it makes it makes bread, right? Okay, now. We have us, and we're going to use some of this concrete mix, okay? And it's going to represent what? The Word of God, okay? So we're going to pour that in, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the, pre it's, a, it's the presence of God. He's up on the stage here with us. All right, I think we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay? Woo! Okay? Don't breathe it in, okay? Don't die. <laughs> All right? It's going to represent the Word of God, right? Oh, gosh, that's terrible. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. 
John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus saying what? I'm the author of truth. All truth comes from me. All truth comes from my word. All truth. Truth that we build our lives on. Okay? John 15, 26, but I will send you an advocator, the Holy Spirit of what? Truth. What's the Holy Spirit's job? To lead you back to God's truth, his word, his understanding. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God. Ever. I've had people tell me, well, God, the Holy Spirit told me to leave my husband. I said, no, he didn't. He'd contrary, that would be contrary to what the word of God says. And he will never go against the word of God. Why? Because he was there when the word of God was written. Amen? Okay, so, so we know if we, if we mix this up, right, we put that into our lives, we mix that up, you can, here, let's take this down. We're gonna get what? We're gonna get rock, right? So we get God's truth, Jesus' words about what? Sexuality, life, freedom, equality, money, happiness. We get his thoughts as it pertains to this. So, okay, so what happens when that happens? Well, Matthew 24 tells us what happens. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is what? Wise. Talked about this last week. You're wise when you get the word of God into you. Like a person who builds a house on what? Solid rock, right? They're building their life on solid rock. So what happens is this. You've either built a life on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've either built a life on, on the opinions of the world. Like you, you've made decisions about sexuality, about money, about your marriage. You've made decisions about your career. You've made decisions about who you are based on the opinions of the world that are constantly changing, right? Or you've made decisions to build a life upon God's truth. Because what happens is this. Eventually, life happens. Right? Like, I mean, when I say life happens, I mean, I'm talking about like, um, you know, pressure at work happens and life's ups and downs happen and your marriage gets rocky and the world's opinions happen. And you get tired, you get overwhelmed, and you get fearful and life happens and life comes and and, and you got to figure out, is my life built on this? You're, you're wondering, why is my life crumbling? Why is my life not working? Why, why does it feel like things are, are just smashed and mushed and, and it, it just feels hopeless and it feels like I, I can't handle this and it's just weighing me down? What have you built your life on? What's your hope in? Have you built your life and your feelings? 
Because my feelings, listen, and listen, I get this, I get this. Your feelings, you, you feel for the people of the world. You feel for culture. You feel for these things. You're like, I, I feel for them. I get that, and I understand that, but I don't live by feelings. I have to live, I have to live by truth because truth can hold the weight. Truth can withstand the weight. Right? So, so, when, so when you get a diagnosis that, that you didn't want to receive, you can go, it's okay because my life is built on truth and the truth is that Jesus is my healer and he paid for it on the cross and he took all sickness and disease and it is okay. It is well with my soul. It is all right. When your marriage falls apart, you can go back to truth and go, God, help me understand how you see marriage, not how I see marriage. Help me to understand how I honor and respect and love my spouse because my life is built on truth. I've made my decisions not on my feelings, not on what feels good, not on what the world's perspective is or my family's perspective or somebody at work's perspective, but it's built on, no, it is God's truth, his truth that can withstand the weight. Can I get an amen from anybody? You guys can take this off. Thank you. Point number three, worship team, you can guys come up. Strategies. Verse 11. Put on the armor of God so you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Let me ask you a question. What if I told you I know somebody personally that wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life? You know, I was like, hey, Nate, um, I know somebody, and they, they want to destroy you. They're coming for you. You know, hide your children, hide your wife, you know what I mean? All that stuff, like, you know what I mean, right? Like, like they're, coming, they're coming for you, right? Most of us, our response would be, there is not enough guns in this world to buy at this moment if I know somebody is coming to steal, kill, and destroy my life. Can I get an Amen. You would think to yourself, I need a strategy to defend and protect my home and my family. When, when I was a kid, I played this. It was called Home Alone. I remember the movie Home Alone. Now, we, we would play this all the time. We set up booby traps all through the house, okay? I remember one time we were playing this. My aunt and uncle were gone. We were playing this. We put micro machines on the stairs to go up the stairs, and, you know, we forgot about them, and my uncle came up the stairs, and sure enough, man, he slipped on some micro machines and fell down the stairs, just like the movies. And we were like, that's fantastic. It worked. That's awesome. Came up with a strategy, right? You would come up with a strategy. See, Paul is warning you. He's warning you right here. There's a warning here. He's saying, listen, the enemy is at the doorstep of your life. And he's got one purpose. 
to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's coming up with a strategy. He knows you. He studies you. He knows how to get you into your feelings. I know it because I feel it every week. You know, Sundays get done. And I'll just say this. I'm so thankful for people who will say, hey, man, today was great. God really spoke to me. This is what God showed me. Man, it, it just brings, it just encourages me. I'll just be honest with you. It means the world to me. And, and that'll happen after first, and that'll happen after second service, and then we typically go to lunch with somebody. And then on my way home, it never fails. On my way home, the enemy is right there. He's going, what are you going to say next week? Six days from now, you got to do this again. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? Instant pressure. What is he dealing with? He's, he's manipulating my feelings. He's manipulating me. He's got a strategy to manipulate your feelings. He knows what stresses you out. He knows what brings worry to you. He knows what keeps you up at night. He knows what gives you anxiety and fear. He knows. So what does that mean? That means I better come up with a strategy against him. Now, this is why, this is why we at the church, we've built this awesome strategy this fall. Okay, put up that 90-day thing. All right, it's coming. All right, I think the computer's dying back there right now. We're gonna put up that, there it is. I told you this last week, we're not trying to waste your time. I'm not trying to waste your time. I'm trying to get the word of God, his truth in you, so that when the enemy comes to manipulate your feelings, you can go, no, 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 no. You know what I have to say in the car? I will say this out loud in the car. I will say, I am so thankful that it's not my power and it's not my strength and it's not my, my to get this done. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the one that will bring the truth and the understanding that the people need so that I can feed them your truth, God, not my truth, and I can do your will and not my will, God, and I don't have to come up with this. You have to come up with this. See? So we come up with things like this, 90 day, to read the word together so we get truth into us so that we can build the right essentials into our life, right? We have that. And then we have things coming up like this, like groups. Groups. Because we know that you need other people to do life with you. We know that you need other people that know the Word of God and can help teach you and help you learn how to have a successful marriage, how to have a successful life. 
And listen, I'm so excited. I was at the group leader meeting the other night. We have so many different groups, so many great groups. We got groups. We have a women's group. They're going to be doing a a Lisa Bevere book. I'm really excited about that. We We got a women's group that is called In the Middle. They're talking about like just, you know, just you're in the middle of life. You're dealing with a lot of different things. I'm so excited about that group. We got, we got a group on how to pray. We got young married groups. We got marriage groups. We got any kind of group you're looking for to find truth. That's why we build strategy. We build strategy here at the church to what? To feed you the word of God, to feed you truth. So what? You can find victory in this life. Now here's the deal. I'm going to tell you the lie the enemy is going to use for both of these things. He will use this lie. You don't have enough time. I promise you. He will shape that lie some way, somehow to convince you, you don't have time to do a 90-day Bible plan. You don't have time to be a part of a group. You don't have time, right? The, the kids' school so busy. We're remodeling the house. We got sports in this season. The season of life we're in is really busy and chaotic. We don't have time. That's, he's what? He's manipulating your feelings, right? He's manipulating you. Why? Because he knows this. If you get the word of God in you, you will become victorious. You'll live a victorious life. You'll live a life on earth, not in heaven someday, but here on earth where you have life and you have joy and you have peace and you have patience and you're full of love and you have grace and you have joy and you're blessed to be a blessing to somebody else and you're not always wrapped up in your feelings and your world and your your mind all the time, but you're thinking outside of you to other people and how you can bless other people. And he's terrified of that. He's terrified of that. He'll do anything to keep you away from God's word and truth. I promise you, because when you get God's word and truth, you'll start obeying God's word and truth. And then when you start obeying God's word and truth, Isaiah said, the obedient will eat the good of the land. Come on. The obedient will eat the good of the land. Well, if he can keep you away from the word of God, you'll never know the word of God, so you'll never be obedient. You'll never be blessed, amen? But when you get the word of God and you live out the word of God, you'll live blessed and you'll be blessed to be a blessing. Say, Father, I choose today to believe in Jesus, in his truth, that he died for me, for my sins, for my failure, for my mistakes. I give you my life. I surrender my past. And I believe today that you love me and that you're for me. You're not against me. And so I receive you into my life. I choose you in Jesus' name. For everybody else, I just want to pray And I want us to just ask the Holy Spirit in this season that that we would start valuing the Word of God, that we would start valuing His truth. Come on, Father, we love you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth, 
all wisdom and all understanding. Now, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that when we read the word, when we dive into this 90-day plan, when we, when we, you know, hook up with the strategy, God, that you have, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, by your great power and strength, that you would bring real truth. Come on, I want you to say, Lord, just say this to me. Say, Lord, say, come on, say, Lord, I welcome you to change my perspective. The way I see life, the way I live my life. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do that by your grace, by your strength, by your power. We love you. We worship you. We thank you, Jesus, for being here today. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus and his grace and goodness today. Come on.